0: Hail, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Josh. Hello, Brandon. How are you doing today, Josh?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, uh, as as predicted, as, as presciently predicted in the last podcast, Sergio Aguero has come down with an injury, and I'm very, I'm actually very excited about this,
0: <laughs> despite it's... being a Sergio Aguero owner. It's a strange strange contrast in moods as we go from the last episode being us all uh primed on those five goals to immediately being trying trying to um figure out what to do with four weeks off. I guess it's going to be four weeks off is that what they predict? Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I mean, you you see these like Ben Dinnery
1: tweets and you know like all these random people and no one really knows, right? I mean, like there's 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 really no incentive for the team to release how long he's going to be out for. It's a level two hamstring tear. So probably something like four to six weeks.
0: So uh, we're in the midst of an international break. And speaking of Aguero, we are going to later in the podcast, get to all of the fallout that has resulted from these friendlies, um, even down to the number of miles traveled by all, all the key players in the FPL. What else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about who we're going to replace. I like that return call. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> we're going to talk about who to replace Aguero with, because we now find ourselves in this situation. And uh, we're also going to preview Game Week 9. So there's uh, lots of uh, lots for us to cover in the coming uh, episode. Are you ready, Josh? I am. I, I think I'm more ready than you, actually. <laughs> I think so. I'm like frantically looking at my notes that we've actually been preparing all day. But it's like I'm looking at them for the first time. Uh, Do you have anything you want to clear up before we actually get started?
1: Are you asking me if I remember uh, if I if I if I re- remember now who Nigel Clough is? It's true. I'm talking uh, about Cloughgate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Nigel Clough, I, I I knew was a real person too. He was he's he's been a championship manager for many years, or at least he was. Uh, son of the great Brian Clough, of course. So yeah, I forgot.
0: That's yeah, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> and no, no one really like gave me too much hell for it. You know, I, I you know there was some like sort of. A little teasing that took place, and I think that was justified. Considering we went on for for about like five minutes. About
0: <laughs> if, anyone, the, if anyone if anyone wants to question our Clough uh, bona fides, I do have a autographed copy of the Damned United signed by David Peace. So, oh, okay. uh, let let that be the. If end it had
1: it. been signed by Brian Clough, that would really be incredible. <laughs> it,
0: was, it, it truly <laughs> would have. Uh, so, speaking of managers, there's uh, been a lot of manager. Uh, news over the international break, mainly Jurgen Klopp going to Liverpool. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about this. Klopp is
1: really when I I first was getting into soccer, uh, you know, when I really like when I took it up, took it up a notch, uh, it was around uh, 2010. And uh, that was when uh, Borussia Dortmund was just about to were sort of launching into their first their first title winning campaign under Klopp. And And, uh, he's so charismatic. He doesn't love Klopp. Everybody loves
0: him. <laughs> there was an interesting article by Brian Phillips on Grantland about Klopp and the Liverpool mentality. I don't know if you read this um but it talked about how everyone loves Klopp because Klopp is like a heavy metal football manager. He likes to have a good time. He's smiling, he's joking, but then you take Liverpool and they have a tendency to be very self-serious and somber. And how are the fans going to react to somebody who is sort of counter to that to that general mood?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't find that very plausible. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think that I mean Klopp is not like smiling in the side. I mean, he's like famously temperamental, right? So I think if he's if he's cheerful and charming in press conferences, I mean, Kenny Dalglish was like that too. I. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. Like that's, like that's, a, that's an interesting reading
0: of it, but I don't actually think it's one that is. Um, it's curveball especially, thinking, especially that. valid. Yeah. <laughs> so um, on our Twitter feed at hail Cheaters, uh, you, Josh, you actually posed the question of how many FPL managers out there right now are actually changing their FPL team names to a clock based mm-hmm. pun. Uh huh. Um, and we actually got some really great responses on Twitter from uh, Mclop, which was a favorite of mine. <laughs> uh, don't clop till you get enough.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I actually I, I changed my team name. You may have seen this. Did you? Do yeah. I? I, 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 I'm going with clop and a half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, and that resulted from all of our cop puns. Uh, Roboclop, clop clops <laughs> filmed on location and you have to go to our twitter or go to our blog at alwayscheating.com. uh because a friend of the pod at sharpie boy 86 made this beautiful photoshop poster of the movie kindergarten Klopp. and he actually re- uh, replaced arnold schwarzenegger's head with Klopp's head and you get all of the peripheral characters of um, from liverpool um surrounding uh clop in the kindergarten class it's it's beautiful <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um all right, and then of course Sam Allardyce to Sunderland. Uh sorry Bob Bradley. I know you were waiting by your phone for that Yeah, Bob, Bob Bradley must have the greatest publicist of all time that his name pops up Was every even time. Floated. <laughs> yeah, I mean the
1: Allardyce thing is interesting. We actually I mean, I guess we could talk about Klopp. well we can talk about him now briefly. Um so I've read a little bit the about The floor is yours, Josh. Yeah, well he has this this you know uh pressing sort of famously pressing style uh you know requires a lot of energy and um um athleticism to to really um for it to work um and uh, so you know there's there's nothing about who's going to be who, you know which which players are going to benefit from a fantasy perspective you know when, when Klopp um you know institutes a system and sure. it seems ben like Teke
0: and Sturridge would be the main con- main question marks there
1: Right, Um, and so the idea is that Jordan Henderson is the one who is going to be the most well-served by this when he eventually comes back from his ankle injury. Um, Alberto Moreno, apparently, is really well-suited for this style. Um, As is Daniel Sturridge, actually, Um, and uh, it seems like Benteke is the one who um, is not the ideal fit, one one would think, although you'd assume that uh, a manager of Klopp's caliber would be able to find a way to fit Benteke into any formation, so... You know, we'll see how that works out. Yeah,
0: and thus begins all the rumors about Marco Royce and Robert Lewandowski coming to right. the uh, Premier yeah. League.
1: Yeah, and of course he said all the right things and says he's not planning to bring any of these Dortmund players over. But, you know, we'll see about that, right? I mean, it seems like that's, that, it, it happens every time. So I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see a couple Dortmunders join the team soon. Nuri Sahin, perhaps? A uh, former, former Former Liverpool player.
0: Now, have you been reading the thousands and thousands of similar articles about the heavy metal football that Big Sam is going to bring to Sunderland <laughs> and so, all the players that are going to benefit from that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it will be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think it's, a, it's actually a, it's a great hire. I mean, I, I can see how Sunderland fans wouldn't be excited about this hire, but I actually do think it makes a lot of sense for that team. Um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, his teams don't actually didn't actually keep a lot of clean sheets on. Uh, on West Ham. And so there's this there's this idea about him as this like really this false idea about him, mostly because he's like a gigantic Englishman, you know, that sure. all he does is this sort of like hoof it up, like really, really boring and, you know, on un- uninteresting style. And uh, I actually think his teams at West Ham could be, you know, were pretty interesting at times um, and, you know, reasonably attack oriented. I mean, um, you know, it didn't help him that Saka was injured most of last year. Um, and uh, they certainly started very strong last year. Yeah, so. and he
0: brought them some good signings, like Alex Song helped play a more sophisticated style of football through the midfield. That yeah. sort of thing.
1: And one, one would think that that he'd be able to find uh, the right combination to at least get Central into a win at some point. Um, but, one <laughs> but can hope. Yeah, but I think it's really too early to tell. Um,
0: well, isn't the uh, Tyne Ware <laughs> Derby coming kind of up in soon? Perspective? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's in uh, two weeks. So all all will be all will be known then. Uh, yeah, they
1: play West. They play West Brom away, and then they play um they play Newcastle. So I, I think it's kind of a wait and see. It, it's it would be exciting if somebody really emerged from that from Sunderland uh, to become a fantasy prospect because all of the players in that team are so cheap that if you know if he like really you know cast his lot with Jermaine Defoe or hey hashtag it, why not Yedlin. Yeah, or maybe Patrick Van Anholt has some more. Who knows, right? Like, But ideally, like, we will get some fantasy prospects out of that team, especially because their value is
0: so low across the board right now. It's true. There could be some values there. Um, since we're in the midst, midst of an international break, we have no updates with our Public League Hail Cheaters, but we do have a ton of new managers who signed up, and we welcome all of you and looking forward to the next points update. And you can still, of course, join the Public League. The auto-join button is on our website at alwayscheating.com or on our Twitter feed. Um, but let's get on to our first segment. Josh, you prepared another amazing spreadsheet <laughs> uh, for our forward stats. So uh, yeah. we can actually crunch these numbers to look at who we're actually going to uh, replace our 13.3 million boy Aguero with. I yeah. mean, I assume nobody is going to hang on to him for the duration of this injury. There, it, there t- is a slight yeah. temptation, it, I suppose. There's a slight temptation, but I, I think it really doesn't make sense
1: to to do that. Um, I mean, especially. I mean, we're, we're thinking at least four weeks. That's just wait. It's way too long to hold on to a player um, who's that who makes that much money. We're not talking about a four point five million fifth midfielder here.
0: Yeah, well, uh, which, I mean, with this kind of money, you can just totally overhaul, be it your midfield or your defense, wherever you you have a weak spot. It's it, you can fix it now. It definitely it, we're basically like remortgaging our fantasy <laughs> team right now.
1: It is. It's like a real be careful what you wish for moment for me because on the last podcast, uh, as I referenced at the beginning of the podcast. I said that um, I was really excited about Aguero going down. And I just think that, you know, as somebody who – I don't want it to be easy, you know. I, I, To me, it's just not fun if for 38 weeks you just put the armband on Aguero every single week. I mean I, I just don't know what the fun is in that. I mean I, I realize it makes things less stressful or something. Uh, but, I, you know, to, to be creative in, in your captain choice is really um, – or, you know you're trying to outwit people with your captain choice is really part of the fun of this game and where you can really find you know, find an advantage that you can press um so for me, like from a fan's point of view, it's too bad that he's gone because he's a great player to watch I mean, All you had to see was him score five great goals uh you know against um against Newcastle two weeks ago to really appreciate how much fun he is uh, to have in the Premier League. but uh, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's way more fun to ha- to have that thirteen million to get to spread it around. And I mean, this weekend, right? Like, it, it is incredibly <laughs> unclear who the captain.
0: Right have you have you felt this way? This international break, if you if you scour the FPL boards, there's been this tension that's just hanging over everything. And I think what happened in the last game week, every, everyone felt like balance had been restored. There was an order to things now. <laughs> Sanchez and Aguero were both fit and operational. Okay, deep sigh of relief. Right. Now, um, Aguero's gone, <laughs> and we've got all these other, all the other heavy hitters were also off on international duty. So it was like twenty-four right. hour injury watch.
1: <laughs> Sanchez played ninety minutes despite the Chilean manager admitting that he's still harboring a hamstring injury.
0: Yeah, and we're recording this before their match uh, on Tuesday night, so we don't even know what the situation is going to be as they play Peru. Right. So I think, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really well. At least he had the decency to score five goals before he left for a month. Yeah, I mean, it's if, if,
1: if Agüero had been subbed off at halftime,
0: well, just uh, actually, just to finish my point, uh, piggybacking on your point that Agüero's injury makes the game more interesting and more creative, it's actually made the international break far more captivating. I mean, the Euro qualifications alone were really exciting. Do you do you agree with me, by the way, about the Agüero thing? Uh, I, yeah, I do. I mean, it's hard. I, I can't see how you could argue against it.
1: Well, I just mean, I, you know, I mean, I could see how. One,
0: I... one argument against is that the game is better when there is one crazy heavy hitter that can just have those wild swings. And Luis Suarez was the same way. And there you could look at the other way of the challenge then to the avant-garde FPL manager is can I do it without this player? Now that that's kind yeah. of a, a foolish, a fool's errand, right? It just that
1: becomes. I just feel like, and I hear what you're saying. I think in that case, it's it's just one problem, right? The problem is, do you have this player? Do you have Suarez? Do you have Aguero, or don't you? Do you, you know, because if you have them, you have to captain them, Basically, they're so expensive usually. Yeah, you know that that kind of like you know mega star supernova type player. Uh Super Saiyan, if you will. The, sure. v- of the, the Vegetas of the uh fantasy Premier League. Uh so I, I
0: think, Your Vegetas, your Clint Dempsey's, yeah. et cetera
1: so and so on. So then then the whole then then the whole season is sort of uh like a a referendum on this player, you know, like, like Robin Van Persie for really two or three years was like this, you know, like yeah. you just had to deal with the Van Persie question. I mean, I just feel like, you know, it's like last year there were, there we had many, many weeks where there was no clear captaincy option. I mean, I was trying to remember last year, it never felt like we even had a,
0: a real stretch where Aguero was the, Longer than five or six weeks, at least, were the obvious choice. Yeah, I think Hazard was obviously was the biggest point getter, but I think he probably held the armband for the longest and most squads. Harry Kane for a long time was a
1: real captaincy choice. Yeah, Diego Costa. Mm -hmm. lots of there were lots of double game weeks that didn't feature top team it was just i I felt like there was last year was really a a great year for people who really take the game seriously because you just like there were expensive players who did well and and cheap players who did well and it was just it was a real challenge to navigate all of that stuff and so i'm hoping that we start to see more of that this year
0: josh i think we're paying for that year right now (laughs) yeah i think you're right all right so let's look at these uh these uh Aguero Stats for strikers defense. and who we're going to replace Agüero with. Yeah, and so for me, and I, I know I, both of us have two transfers still to play this week, correct? Maybe uh, I yeah, I had two free transfers. I've already made one transfer. Okay, is that is that Agüero to Pele? I,
1: I, I
0: already had Pele, so that right. one that one was all set. So all this discussion about um, if I wait too long, I'm going to lose a point on Pele and that sort of thing. I've just been putting my feet up on my desk and and laughing. Okay, my con, my main concern. Uh, so I brought in uh, Alexis into my midfield. That was my okay. main concern. That's done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even did though you, apparently did, the man's did you, did you groin t- is what? Did you turn Hazard into Alexis? Is that the? I'll never tell. Okay. Right. I mean, uh, you can look at the math <laughs> in my squad, and that's sure. You'll see sure. yeah. how it shook out. So actually, what's interesting about me dropping Hazard and bringing Alexis in is now. Uh, getting Aguero out, I have a lot more I can do in my midfield. Right. Kevin De Bruyne could come in or any any Man City midfielder. I can do all manner of things with my front line.
1: Right, so are you thinking of possibly burning four points this week?
0: Looks likely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm still – I'm a little undecided. I have two transfers to make. I have Hazard and I have uh, Sanchez already. So that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, yeah. The, the I, plan right now is to is to basically bring in two new strikers. So this was really, it was invaluable to take a look at some of this data. So why don't we jump right into it and we can talk about our teams as we as we go.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, just to put another point on it is when the Aguero injury happened, I was kicking myself for turning Hazard into Alexis because I could have afford, then afforded to get Alexis into my midfield and keep Hazard. Right. So right. anyway, yeah. So no, I, I, I kind of botched that one. Yeah. This. Is I was why playing I was, the. I was playing the price market.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is the problem. It's like the price market versus the break, and I, I was. I'm always willing to wait a week, just 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 for that reason,
0: you right. know. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. So you are you on the are you on the Pele train now? Yeah. Or? So this is what was interesting to me is that you know the Pele train. I, yeah, bear, feel, bear with I, me,
1: everybody. <laughs> I have a little bit of anti-Paley bias based on the fact that I had him during his during the second half
0: last year. Yeah, he was the first, ha- first half of the season performer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I got maybe one goal out of him through this eight-week stretch. And I just, you know, the fixtures were good, and then I held on too long. You know, it's like the problem we talked about a million times in here about, you know— having you know like like immediate surgery elsewhere and mm-hmm. so you're stuck to hold on you know you're holding on to one of these mid price records for longer than you want to and yeah I,
0: and Pele is is a classic player in that you're like well next week is a whole new week
1: yeah and even now he's only you know he's 8.1 i think he was 7.5 at the start of last season he was either 6.5 or 7.5
0: yeah
1: um so you know so we pulled together a few different stats and it was just surprising how far at the you know so he's the top rated striker um, in terms of in terms of total points, um, on six bonus points, but then even the underlying stats, top of the league in goal attempts, mm-hmm. uh, right at the top for passes in the final third. He's a uh, second, uh, only two.
0: superb hold up play. He yes. he's just serving all of his teammates. So I see that I see that uh,
1: behind only uh, Wayne Rooney, which is uh, not a huge surprise considering how central Rooney is to Man U, even though he's not scoring her. Even though it's not
0: central.
1: <laughs> uh top of the top of the forward class and touches in the final third. Um he is second in total passes, um, right up there with shots and target. So like uh, you know, so the the points reflect a player who's playing very well, you know, the goals and the assists. Yeah. But then you- the actual um the stats too also point to a player who's really contributing a lot to the team, doing the kind of things that bring in bonus points. So he's to me he's the clear Aguero replacement and you know, from there, you know, which is not a, a huge surprise. I mean, if you're watching the transfer forums, um, you'll see people talk about this. But I think that when you look at the stats and their fixtures, you know, they have excellent fixtures coming up, too.
0: Yeah, and so the team is really building momentum as Pele yeah. is building momentum, too. But.
1: Yeah, I think if you're not – if you don't bring in Pele, you're really – you know, I think we're only in Week 9. You know, I know that people – like, I'm already seeing a lot of, like, differential talk. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Week 9 is the time when you need to really press your – Differential advantage. I mean, I think when you have a player whose stats are good, who who's you know has excellent fixtures coming up, yeah, uh, who's in great form, you know, scored again today for Italy i you know i i would just not outthink yourself. i would not outthink myself and i would just bring in Pele. particularly uh, i mean coming I mean, out usually of usually the... i'm not that strong i like to equivocate a little more in the podcast but it just seems like i and maybe we'll, it'll come back to Hannes when he has like he is on three yellow cards so i guess there's a bit you know, there's a bit of a yellow right, card right. and
0: he does love a yellow card but right
1: but if anything happens then you can just you know you can bring him right over you, know, you can you know turn him into uh lukaku so easily yeah um so you know i you know as we as we talked about before, you know, the fixtures get really good for Everton in a couple of weeks. So even if you only took a two-week punt on Pele, it'd be worth it. So yeah. I'm not, I'm I'm not feel like scared it. about that Liverpool game two weeks from now.
0: I feel like I ask this question every week, though. Is it too soon to start bringing in Everton assets? Uh, but you bring up Lukaku, and he's priced at 8.3, just 0.2, more expensive than Pele. Yeah. Um, is right he, at, is right he up a, there in
1: points, it's, yeah, is he, a diff,
0: is he the differential then this week? I think Lukaku would be would be a fine
1: option too. I am actually thinking about bringing in Pele and Lukaku.
0: The uh, differential is, question is interesting to coming out of this international break because I feel like the template is sort of um, resetting a bit. Yeah. So actually, instead of yeah. bringing in a differential, this is the point in which you try to get in early on what could be a new template, right? I guess
1: so. I mean, I would never, like, do you, do you think about, I, I try not to think about templates, though. You know, I, I think that, are, you know. Well, are,
0: I guess template is shorthand for um, the best players. Yes, for the next exactly. Right, exactly. Right. Getting the best players before they become full bandwagons. I think a lot of teams will have Pele and
1: Lukaku, certainly starting in week 11. Yeah. Um, so the other, you know, the other op, so, okay, so we have, we have Pele and Lukaku, and then we have, um, there are some more expensive options that are interesting as well. Um, you know Diego Costa is the obvious one, and the Costa thing is interesting. I mean, the fixtures are pretty good for Chelsea the next couple of weeks. It would just you really just be banking on Diego Costa suddenly discovering the form that he had the first ten weeks of last season, right? If which if is got, a gamble, which is a, it's a huge gamble. And I mean, you wouldn't if you were bringing in Lukaku, you would not or Costa, you would not be doing it based on what you've seen so far this year. Um, you know, I mean, he's not really he's, – obviously, he's been gone for the last three weeks, so it's not – the stats – don't help them. Yeah, either. the stats are you skewed. Know?
0: You can't You can't really uh, trust the stats where that's concerned. You yeah. just have to, if you think that Chelsea is going to actually finally kick it into gear, then you get yeah. on board. But if you bring in Costa, it's assumed that you're not needing to perform surgery elsewhere in your team because right. he's priced at 10.9 right now. So you're... you're yeah.
1: Getting, and the advantage there is that if you're somebody who is really concerned about bringing Aguero back the, the first game he's back right let's say like everything everything breaks right for him he's only gone for the next you know we're only four weeks away from another freaking international
0: break I don't know if break right is the correct phrase you want to use in this instance
1: <laughs>
0: if, if the if his groin repairs itself quickly <laughs>
1: uh, then you have a player's defensive his hamstring uh
0: it, it's kind of the same thing right it's all connected. It's all connected. The grind bone's connected to the hamstring bone.
1: We need to have a doctor on here. We need we need Doctor James Andrews
0: to come on, uh, <laughs> or Doctor so Oz for that matter.
1: It it is easier. Obviously, the more the more expensive your player. Is. I mean, some people have the self control to just keep five million in their bank. Uh, I know that I don't. I know that once once I take Aguero out and bring in like an eight point one million Pele, that five million is going elsewhere right away. It's and
0: interesting I because I find you would be very cheap in real life. Uh, I think, in general, though, um, people just overrate how hard. I seriously it, do find it, you to be very cheap in real life. No,
1: it, you, as well you should. Uh, p- p- people, uh, I think p- people overestimate how hard it is to um, to, to bring in a, even in a very expensive player. I mean, all, you, all it takes is two moves usually. Yeah. Even even if you need to find five million, you know, you, you, it's just it's just not that difficult usually to find the money. Right. Right. So. Um, so Costa is an interesting option if you wanna that would be the real differential as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I mean his ownership percentage is not is not super low, but there's no one who's seriously playing the game right now who has Costa. Um <laughs> really if you're paying attention at all, you don't have Costa, right? Because he hasn't played the last three weeks. Right. Yes, uh, exactly. Daniel's Daniel Sturridge is uh is an interesting option, but
0: yeah, um, I, I was actually the other day looking for ways to get Sturridge into my squad. And here's here's another guy where you can't really read the stats because his playing time has been very, very sporadic. He did have the one game where he had a brace. And just, the question is, yeah. are, is Klopp going to bring something else out of him immediately?
1: Yeah, I just feel like my, my philosophy, certainly the first like 20 weeks of the season, is to be fairly cautious. Like, it's not a very sexy strategy, but it's just... You know, bring in the players who are performing well, who have good fixtures and are going to be, you know, like the stats are fairly reliable in terms of, you know, that that player is performing well can be a player who's not scoring goals or having assists, but players whose underlying stats indicate that, that they should be soon, right? I mean, this is what we saw with Alexis Sanchez uh, before, you know, he finally exploded the last couple of weeks and guero last week too. So I think um, with Sturridge, I mean, the fixtures coming up aren't great. Uh, we have a new manager and it's not clear how he slots into it uh he's he's you know had a lot of injuries the last you know season and a half um it just seems very risky to me to bring in Sturridge it, it, at that price i mean if he were 8 million it would be it'd been easier move but i mean at 10.5 you're basically you're going to look like a total what, chump re- if he yeah. doesn't
0: pr- produce
1: and when you have players like Pele and Lukaku who are ter- even someone like anthony marshall uh who are who are tearing it up in the eight million price range, I just don't know why i mean if it's like you didn't know who those players were you wouldn't pick you would pick them up right <laughs> like, if you were to it was like this is like the time, like it almost helps to not know the game. I would
0: be fielding eleven Rudy Gustads if I didn't know who any of these players were <laughs> so I
1: think so pele Lukaku— um you know, Martial uh, is an interesting option too. I mean, he's, this, he's
0: totally fallen off in the last couple of weeks. I mean, not not in any sort of dramatic uh, yeah. form. He's gotten his minutes. The uh,
1: fixtures the fixtures aren't great for Man United the next two weeks. They're away to Everton and home to Man City. Um, but after that, they they do lighten up quite a bit. It's uh, Crystal Palace, West Brom, Watford, Leicester, West Ham, uh, from eleven to weeks fifteen. So. You know, if you wanted to, if if you if you just want to make the move early, certainly is not impossible that they could. You know, I mean, I, I, Martial could score away to Everton home to Man City. That would not be surprising in another case. Right. Um, so I think he's another interesting option. Um, I think a lot. Oh, uh, you know, we actually we've skipped over kind of the obvious one here, which is um, if you haven't brought in Jeremy Vardy yet, he's the other one who's like Jamie Vardy. But yeah, did I say Jeremy Vardy?
0: I don't know. Maybe you had a cookie in your mouth or something. <laughs>
1: anyway uh yeah jimmy (laughs) vardy is uh is a clear option at 6.7
0: he is absolutely i think everyone's waiting for that Lester form to dip or they expect it to but um
1: but nothing seems unlucky when you look at his stats i mean he's he's second in shots on target he's second in touches in the final third second in goal attempts six you know he has uh tons of he scored seven goals this year um, yeah, played. Played, played
0: ninety minutes earlier in the week for England.
1: Yeah, and both of us, both you and I, have the same problem, which is that we've loaded up on three lesser players elsewhere, and so neither of us can. It's amazing. Yeah, how it's different the how our Mark Albright effect. The same problems
0: all the time. It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this too much.
1: Uh, Sako is another interesting option. Um, it's he's at six point seven. Uh, stats stats are pretty good for him too. Uh, you know, battled injuries a little bit this year. Uh, So his stats maybe aren't quite as strong. He's he's still third and touches in the final third. Um, Right up there. I love
0: that stat, man. Touches in the final third.
1: It's Um, an interesting indication of how active they are. Yeah. Uh, At 6.7, you'd have a lot of money to use elsewhere.
0: What about, okay, so listen, we haven't really even danced around this, but Wilford Boney, he's the like for like. If you're going to put anyone up front, if you're Pellegrini, it's going to be Wilfred Boney. I don't know what other options he has between besides that yeah. uh, really young guy whose name totally escapes me who scored that goal earlier in the season. But Yeah, um,
1: I, th- I think that Boney is in the same category where you put um, Diego Costa and, and Harry Kane, too, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, which is that Kane, Boney, and Costa are all players who performed very well last season. Uh, well, Boney before he was – he performed very well at um,
0: Swansea. Swansea. Yeah, he was just didn't really, yeah true natural goal scorer while he was playing at Swansea. Yeah, so it's a total fixtures over form thing with
1: Boney. I actually think the Boney's a really interesting option, and he's someone I'm, I'm still tr- kind of trying to talk myself into bringing in. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if it's really the, the smart move. I mean, yeah,
0: I, yes, and a lot of people have recommended just wait for the press conference on Friday from Pellegrini, get the read on him of, of what he's thinking about playing time and starting <laughs> roles, and that can be the, the only starting point in which you think of putting him in your squad. Like, yeah. he's got to be a guaranteed start. I mean, one would if, assume he is.
1: Yeah, one would assume he is. The question there is, you know, if that team if, – if they if they don't have Yaya Torre, if they don't have David Silva, if they don't have Sergio Aguero, is that really the same Man City team that we're excited to bring players into? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's – you know, Raheem Sterling is a little – you know, I mean, he, he will create chances, but his form has been uh, kind of hit or miss this year. Um, obviously, um Uh, De Bruyne is uh, a really tempting option. And And I think he's predicted to have the
0: most points over the next three weeks among all FPL players. Yeah,
1: I would like to bring in De Bruyne. I don't know that it makes sense for me to do it this right now. Um, I probably – it's probably not going to happen for me. Oh, well,
0: interesting. (laughs) I'm interested to hear about this. Hmm. Well, I just – (laughs) yeah,
1: I just don't know how it would work. Uh, You know, I'd have to – my, I, I really like my, so my forward line right now is Hazard, Costa, or no, excuse me, Hazard, Sanchez. Uh, well, the, okay, so the question is whether um, Mares is a consistent starter anymore, which one assumes he will be moving forward. He is the best player in the Premier League. Yeah, Payet. Yeah, when he and, plays. Yeah, so Payet and Mahrez. Uh So it's hard for me to mess with that. Too much. I mean, he, Eden Hazard is the obvious choice to go at some point.
0: Yeah, uh, but that's it, your, that is is a big differential for you right now that you've with a with the really good fixture coming up for him at home. Yeah.
1: When I have like, yeah, when I have problems with address elsewhere, am I really going to take one of my precious transfers and spend it on getting rid of Hazard at home to Aston Villa? Especially when Hazard has scored two goals already in the international
0: break. Yeah. Um, Troy Dini is is your problem. I know his stats are <laughs> Your actually question okay, is less, too. Who He's... are you going to bring in for Aguero? Who are you going to bring in for Troy Deeney?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of this. I'll have enough money to bring in two, eight to nine million players. Kane is I, Kane is tempting too, uh, mostly because he looked really good for England
0: yesterday. Yeah, and uh... <sighs> even though he apparently botched a sitter. Yeah, but he... there's still some mental deficiencies happening yeah. with him had this two, season. Two, he
1: had two assists yesterday, though.
0: And frankly, uh, you won. You won your head-to-head in game week eight, thanks to a Harry Kane own goal. I
1: did. Everything had to break right to win that head-to-head. <laughs> you know, a Gallo is another interesting option. I mean, it's it feels weird to jump that far down in price from Aguero to a Gallo. I mean, I, I I think it would stress me out to have that much money, like <laughs> to go from like thirteen three to a five three player. Like, I don't know, we know what I'd do with that eight million. I so I just having been so burned with the Dini thing, I. I'm, I'm really disinclined to bring in a third forward that doesn't cost a lot of money right now. Yeah, it's it's as, the
0: opposite of the conundrum too of how do you get Agüero back in if you. Um... Yeah, yeah, finding four million is easy. Finding eight million is <laughs> tri- <laughs> trickier. Uh,
1: I think that um, you just, if, 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 if your cheap third striker doesn't perform, it will take you
0: forever to get him out of your team. Yeah. Because there, there's almost never a straight swap that makes sense. So the real button on this, I think, is that the stats show if you don't have Pele now, Pele is the guy to get in for Aguero. Um, yeah, with with Lukaku
1: not far behind uh, and Jamie Vardy. Lukaku and Jamie Vardy are the other two options. Yeah. If you, know, if you have two of those three or you're not just in one of those players— um, I think that taking a punt on Harry Kane would be interesting. Um, he's at, he's down to 9.2 and Tottenham. So they're home to Liverpool, but we don't really know what kind of Liverpool we're going to see in that match. So I, I would expect there'd be goals there. And then they're away to Bournemouth, uh, home to Aston Villa, away to Arsenal, home to West Ham. So some pretty good fixtures coming up for Kane too. Um, so I, I don't know. I think um, that would be an interesting option. I mean, Costa is like so tempting. Um, just given Chelsea's fixtures, given the fact that you have to assume they're going to come back eventually. But I just, it's hard for me to justify spending 11 million on Diego Costa right now. If he were like nine, five, I think I would just, it would already be done. He'd be in my team or even, or not even nine, five, like nine, you know, just at, at 11 million, you're really just giving up a lot of money for a player who, Didn't really show much in the second half of last
0: season. It hasn't shown anything this year except for one game, uh, you know, way to West Brom. You want to know something interesting? We've been talking about this for, what, 10, 15 minutes? And 40. About 40 minutes. And I've been looking at these stats, I've been taking them in, I've been considering them. And not for a moment during this discussion or the days prior have I even once considered who I'm going to bring in for Aguero. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I was like, "Oh, so what? I'm, what is my move?" And I, was, and I was thinking, I have no idea. Actually, I think if I look at this, I was leaning toward Lukaku. Okay. And uh, I, I, I guess I do have that benefit of already having Pele in my front line.
1: Could you turn? Uh, could you turn uh, Aguero into Jamie Vardy, and then take that money you save to turn? Um, what's your uh, Lester midfielder?
0: Mark uh, Albrighton
1: to turn Albrighton into um, something special. I mean, because that would be very that'd be very creative. Uh,
0: that's interesting. I'd have to actually do the math on that. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll try that.
1: Yeah, we'll pull out a calculator. We'll come back in about thirty minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually, let me pull up my team right now. Let me see if I can do this. All right, I'm going to the transfer tab here.
1: <laughs> this mm-hmm. is like this is like real time. This, this is not
0: This is now become a podcast where I give you advice in real time. Okay, so I got my team pulled up here. So let's see, Albrighton, bam, you're gone. Um, so I see you, I see you, Andre. Au, you don't escape me. Yeah, that's
1: a little. Yeah, that's a little nerve wracking.
0: And okay, X. Aguero, put in Vardy. How much do I have in the bank? It can be done. I can turn Mark Albrighton into Kevin De Bruyne.
1: That is a great. That that that. Like, I think I just gave
0: you. I mean, even, even at burning four points, is a pretty <laughs> tempting move. <laughs> All right, we'll see we'll see if I have the same uh, reaction as I did when you challenged me to not make a transfer a couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay, so we've looked at a, a lot of forward stats and we've considered the options. Another thing that we do have to consider for all of our transfers going into Game Week 9 is of course the fallout from the international break. So, my uh my Google Docs grid project to um to counter yours, Josh, with the strikers, is to look at who traveled, how far, and what happened. Yeah, I will say, by the way, just just to kind of set the
1: tone for this, uh, so I, I did put together a um, like a watch list of injured players from the international break. It's kind of incredible, especially when you look at the defenders. I mean, it's just amazing how many defenders are doubts for this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Kolarov, company. Chief Eric, among them, yeah. Eric, Eric Dyer, uh, Nyam. Uh, John Stones,
0: Gomez, Reed, Ward, Lovren, uh, the list goes on from there. You have to think that companies. So you wonder if that if that status is going to change for companies since he played it 60 minutes today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess that was that was agreed upon that he was only going to play 60 before he came off. So yeah, you would think he might be okay for this weekend, but you know the, you can look at the midfielders: you know, Yaya Torre, David Silva, uh Coutinho's a doubt, Ayo a doubt. Uh, obviously, Aguero, Benteke, uh, Son is out for for Tottenham. So I think that you know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and elsewhere talk about, um, oh, what am I going to do? I have all these injured players, and I think you just gotta you gotta burn some points, you yeah. know, and just and just and just deal with it. I mean, uh, I, think, I you, think that eight points is the most that I am comfortable with burning myself. You know, yeah. any any more than that, and I'm feeling a little a little anxious. I mean, it, you know, I would have to be the, the. I would be the. Okay, so actually, I'm, I'm about to say a contradictory
0: thing here too. Uh, okay, uh-huh.
1: which is that you don't have to feel the full eleven. I mean, sometimes it isn't worth it.
0: You know, no, you I mean, just feel if, the five aside. Five aside, squad. That'll do. that will be fine. But if,
1: if they're going to come back in a week, it's not always worth the four point hit. I mean, if you're if you're talking about someone like Sergio Aguero, yeah, you got to burn the four points because you're not getting anything from him from several weeks, and his his value is going to be dropping and. There are enough players destroying strong fixtures this weekend that you could, you know, you, you, you have you have captain options that you could bring in.
0: You also have to consider all the gamesmanship that goes into injury talk during the international break. There are lots of guys that will claim a minor knock to get out of travel or um, a lot of playing time, particularly mm-hmm. if their squad doesn't have a really important game. Oh, that's what Nam did. Classic Nyam. <laughs> so Nyam. That's so Nyam. So speaking of Belgium players, um... is, Nyam, is Nyam Belgian? No, but we were talking about company earlier, so that was okay. the leap I was making. <laughs> okay. And of course, KDB is uh, high on the watch list if you don't already have him. So, and we've got a lot of um, big Premier League guys that play on Belgium from Hazard to Lukaku to Fulani, Tongan, Alderwild, Mignolet, Company, KDB. They played two games over the break, and they traveled—sorry for all you uh, UK people, I'm going to speak in miles here—but they traveled a total of 2,743 miles. So you're looking at from the Etihad Stadium to Andorra, where they played their first um, match, that's 1,128 miles. Then from Andorra to Brussels, that's another 1,170 miles. And back to the Etihad, that puts you uh, up over 2,500 miles. Now, is that a lot? I say no compared to— <laughs> Not, uh, not a, a, so bad. Not, and, and, not so and,
1: bad. And everyone played pretty well. I mean, Hazard, Hazard scored a couple of goals. Kaku, Fellaini.
0: Yeah, Fellaini uh, got a game uh, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Exactly. And KDB scored uh, two goals. He scored in both matches, played the full 90 in each. So I guess the concern there would be he played 180 minutes. as he do for a rest? Well, I sincerely doubt it, given that David Silva came off for Spain with an injury.
1: I would be shocked if Hazard or uh, if Hazard at Lukaku or really any of the Belgian players uh, didn't play this weekend. Like you said, they didn't travel that far, and uh, there don't seem to be any injury concerns. Outside of company, of course.
0: Right. So traveling basically three times as far, Pele, number one on our striker watch list, Um, from St. Mary's to Azerbaijan, where his first break match was, it's close to 3,000 miles. And then from Azerbaijan back to Rome, it's a little over 2,800 miles. And then you're looking at over uh, over twelve hundred miles back to St. Mary's for a total round trip of seven thousand seventy one miles. Yeah, this is this is where you, you being a travel agent really helps us out here, Brandon. I know. <laughs> It it really does.
1: Um, How I long mean, did it take you to put this together? This is this is really impressive. I have to give. Uh, you should post this on the always cheating website, by the way. This is this is this is interesting to look at.
0: Uh, yeah, I will have to check the spelling of Azerbaijan before I do post <laughs> it. Um,
1: just but, like on the just like on the like Madrid uniform, you'll be able yeah, to see it there.
0: Yeah, but Pele is a guy who. He basically has played every minute of every game throughout the history of time. Like the guy's such a monster that, like, just it—it it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. how much Yeah, and he, puts
1: and he in. did score. He did score today. So I, I think.
0: Yeah, he scored the game winner. Yeah. Uh, another a match, another yeah. another Italian point we had to make is Darmian, Manchester United defender. Also, he scored against Azerbaijan. Played in both yeah. games.
1: I'd be very surprised if Shane Long started in place of Pele at home, but I, it is possible.
0: Or uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sincerely doubt it as well. Le Pele is in great form. They have to keep it going. He's kind of a talismanic figure in that squad right now.
1: Tell, tell me about Alexis.
0: All right, so I'm sorry, but Google Maps, when I look at directions on Google Maps, Alexis has traveled so far that I can't tell you how many miles it is. I can only tell you how many hours in plane travel. This actually probably would have been the better way to do all of these in hindsight. And I said, well, you get a lot of driving directions if you're too close to the UK. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, And listen, I spent a hell of a lot of time basically just converting kilometers into miles where necessary, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Alexis, he spent um, round trip after he travels back to North London from Peru, he will have spent an airtime of 34 hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. So going going from um, the Emirates to Santiago, from uh, Chile to Peru and then back to North London. Right. So and, and with the possible hamstring injury and he is the late game
1: tonight on Tuesday night. So it it's a little it's a little worrisome. I, I don't know that it would dissuade if I didn't already on him. I don't know if it would dissuade me from bringing him in. It may make me a little less inclined to captain him because I think there's at least a chance that he wouldn't
0: start Um Right. And that, that Watford game. Right. Uh, I'm. Do you think I, he's just a victim of uh, yanking his shorts up too much? That's messing with his groin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it probably is, actually.
0: Uh, so yeah, but it should I, be noted that he did score a goal in the 90th minute against Brazil. And did, I can't believe he played 90 with a with the possible
1: with a bit of a hamstring injury. I mean, I, I know that guy like it's impossible to get him off the field. But I do think it, it I, you know, just to repeat, I, I think it makes me a little disinclined to captain him this week. Uh, a way to Watford, uh, as well as the fact that Watford have actually defended pretty well at home this season. Right, um, even even it gets pretty good sides. So I, I don't know. Um, it, it's a little bit of a concern, I will yeah, say. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now looking at the English players, despite playing one of their matches at Wembley, they actually traveled slightly farther than our Belgian friends. Um, and I was looking at Jamie Vardy in particular. So if you're traveling from King Power Stadium to Wembley, that's a whopping 97 miles. And then from Wembley all the way to Lithuania, it's more than 1,300 miles. And round trip, it's going to be a total uh, there and back to King Power Stadium, uh, 2,816 miles for big Jamie Vardy.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think one of the takeaways from these England games, too, is how good Ross Barkley looked in both games. Absolutely.
0: Scored a goal, as did uh, Walcott, Sterling.
1: I am definitely looking at ways to bring Barkley in starting in a couple weeks. I I don't actually know... I mean, it may be that I end up just turning Hazard into Ross Barkley and uh, taking that money and reinvesting it
0: elsewhere. I think that's a fantastic idea. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs>
1: it's a, it is a good
0: one, isn't it? <laughs> um, all right. So Spain, um, if you are at all interested in fielding the likes of Santi Cazorla, um or Cesc Fabregas. David De Gea. David De Gea as well. David De Gea, probably the, the tastiest of all these players mm-hmm. at the moment. They had a round trip of 4,515 miles. Look, if you're traveling from Stanford Bridge, as Fabregas did, all the way to Logrono, Spain, then over to the Ukraine and beautiful Kiev, and then back to Stanford Bridge, that's more than 4,500 miles. <laughs> this is like my brother. My, my brother
1: called me last night because he is flying to uh, New York uh, for Thanksgiving this year. And this is what happened, was basically me talking to him on the phone, like (laughs) explaining – Different, like we, we were using, uh, like two different plane services. And I was like, Well, if you take this one, and uh, this is uh, <laughs> the plane would take about four and a half hours, is one stopover, and uh, <laughs> just going through every possible copy, like uh, every permutation you could possibly just trying to him.
0: gauge his very subtle reaction, like, Hmm, <laughs> yeah. way over, I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure exactly.
1: Yeah, trying to read between the lines a little bit. <laughs>
0: um, uh, another interesting European side that uh, to look, I has a lot of Premier League. Uh, players playing for france this week and i looked at kabai traveling from selhurst park he had a round trip of 2726 miles from so selhurst bad. to nice then to copenhagen uh, and then back to selhurst
1: i mean if if you had the guts to play a five-man midfield and and just have a having a gallo type third striker um I, you know Johan Kabay would be a Really tempting option, Kabay and, and uh, uh, Ross Barkley. Uh, the problem that I have is that I, I I like to chase forwards. You know, I just yeah. like I it's it's you know once once an Aguero type player you know performs well, I, I have to have them on my team, and it's usually pretty hard to have expensive forwards. And I don't know. I mean, I guess you could you can still have, you can still often have two expensive forwards. I don't know. It gets a little tricky. Yeah. Uh, but going with the five in midfield for the next few weeks is an interesting option, uh, especially given. Um, you know, Kabay's form uh, the last couple of weeks and then um, – or, or Ross Barclay's form, which is also excellent.
0: And as, as we've brought up a million times, the fixtures get really good for Everton in a couple of weeks. One of the interesting things about the French games was Olivier Giroud ended up scoring two goals very early on um, against Armenia. And so he's on, in a rich vein of form. Yeah, it's just too risky. It is too risky. You don't know if he's going to start against Theo Walcott. But other French players, Hugo Lloris, played two matches. Baccarat Sanya, Morgan Schneiderlin, Sissoko, Martial. Zuma played 45 minutes against Denmark earlier in the week. So lots of players here to look at.
1: Yeah, the Sanchez one is the one that's the most intriguing to me. Um, The Pele thing is a little—I didn't realize he traveled so far, so that is a little little worrisome. Traveled Um, far, played 180 minutes. You know, I mean, if he if he was playing for Sir Ferguson, it'd be a huge concern. This used to be a big thing for with uh, with Sir Alex but that he was he, he would he'd rest anybody. You know, after a long trip, I mean, you know, after an international break, you'd often see uh, Wayne Rooney not even come off the bench.
0: It hardly bears mentioning uh, how Argentina fared this week, since Aguero didn't last a full match before his injury. Um, the other two players in play for them for FPL: Odomende and Zabaleta, both in the Man City defense. Odomende Mende played um, 90 minutes in their 0-2 loss to Ecuador. Right. Z- Zabaleta was on the bench, didn't get any playing time, and again they are playing later tonight against Paraguay, so we don't exactly yeah. know how it's going to play out there.
1: And it's still too too, too soon to tell with with Kolarov, too the other Man City uh, uh, fullback uh, who who limped off, but um, is likely to play this weekend. It's just it's as of Tuesday, it's too early to tell what's happening with
0: him. So, look, we've got all this data in front of us. We've considered it all. It's finally time to look at game week nine. All right. Let's do uh, it. And we now have to predict exactly how it's all going to play out after I finally <laughs> hit accept on this Albrighton to De Bruyne transfer. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I? Did I do it?
1: <laughs> I think it's likely. I can't imagine a better combination. All right, all right, go on. Go on. <laughs> all
0: right, so let, let's let's run through the fixtures here for game week nine real quick to give us a sense of what, what, what we're thinking. Uh, the first game is the early kickoff Spurs versus Liverpool. It's going to be Jurgen Klopp's first match in charge, and he's coming up against a pretty unpredictable Tottenham team. That... It's a crazy. It's a crazy opening match. Uh, I mean, right out of the
1: international break, uh, two you know, kind of lower top. T- I don't know what you call them, sort of sub-Champions League sides, but, you know, right on the cusp. Uh, you new call them Europa League sides. Europa League sides. Uh, yeah, that's true. Our, our two Europa League representatives playing together.
0: Uh, and White Hart Lane is hardly a fortress this season. It, it doesn't yeah. really seem to matter where Spurs are playing. How
1: yeah, Eric, Eric Dyer will be playing this game. It, it's just an, it's a very he difficult game playing. to predict. Uh, he will not be playing this. Did I say he will? He will not be playing this
0: game. It's another cookie.
1: Yeah, uh, so um, Son um, will not be playing this game either. We we don't really know what the Liverpool formation is going to be. Um, I mean, it's not like he's going to bring in eleven new players or anything like that. But no. it's, it's still a little unclear what the what the style is going to be. Right. Um, I mean, it's I don't know. It just seems so. It's it. it I, I'd be reluctant to bring in any Liverpool players at the moment. Yeah, Spurs until definitely you really a have more a cent-
0: favorable in this match to me. Yeah, um, with uh, Harry Kane getting the playing time for England, he's going to be prepped. He's going to be ready. Um, I think. I think that if and, if, er, if, and uh, you have to consider Ericsson. yeah, off con- of two yeah. goal performance,
1: that's true. And I think uh, Danny Ings is another interesting player. Uh, not a player I would bring in this week because we don't even know if he's going to start. But if he starts and plays well, then I think Ings would be one to keep on your radar because he's a seven, you know, seven point one million forward. Um, we know he can score goals. We saw it last year with Burnley. Uh, has already scored, you know, scored two in the last three games for Liverpool. Um, super cheap. Uh, their fixtures do get better
0: in a couple of weeks, so
1: you know he'd be he be one to think about. Uh, you know, if, if it looks like he's going to be central to
0: to Klopp's team. Now, if I actually don't go through with this uh, amazing uh, two transfer that you've suggested, Nathaniel Klein is on the chopping block because I can't be betting on a clean sheet in this fixture. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing <laughs> again. Do you still have, have so, Martin? So Skirtle? many of
1: the same problems. Yeah, I do. I haven't been able to get rid of him. I was planning <laughs> to this week. The, the Agüero thing has thrown everything off kilter. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can afford to keep a healthy player. When I have so much other, some like so much surgery to do elsewhere, I think Mar- Martin Skirtle starts. No
0: <laughs> gotta... so, so the uh, the midday fixtures uh, starting at ten o'clock Eastern Time for us here in New York. We've got Chelsea versus Aston Villa, part one of the two part epic of Tim Sherwood trying to save his job at Aston Villa. I'm very yeah. intrigued by this Definitely. story about Brendan Rodgers maybe coming in there. That will be interesting. I mean Sherwood. I don't think you can quite
1: you know put the nail in the coffin for sure, but I think he might still be. You, you know, they might give him a little more time. Oh, I mean, yeah. he kept he kept him up last year. Uh, they they performed, I don't know. I mean, I guess they only have one win and a draw, right? So it's it, it has been a very poor start. They haven't won since the first week. Uh, it seems like they played better than that, doesn't it? Like, I, I was surprised. It does. They yeah. I they 4. haven't gotten 4. murdered
0: in any match.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it seems a little early, a little premature. I mean, I guess if they really feel like Rodgers is a significantly better manager than Sherwood, which he probably is. Um, then I you mean, might he's be a little more respectable. Yeah, yeah, but from a you know so but from a fantasy perspective, Aston Villa's players are kind of worthless right now.
0: But the real question here is Chelsea and how will they perform? I mean, it was what two two and a half seasons ago when Chelsea just annihilated Villa uh, seven or eight nothing. I think
1: it was a like Christmas break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've, given recent form, you wouldn't expect that to happen. It's certainly a great fixture for Chelsea. It's the kind of game that you know, I mean, it's been too, I mean, it's just, it feels, doesn't it feel like the last game week was like, like last season? I I don't know why it feels like it's been so long. (laughs) Uh, But I think, um, I don't know. I I think that uh, I'm actually leaning towards uh,
0: Captain Hazard in this game. I wouldn't blame you. I mean, I'm definitely regretting uh, dropping Hazard so quickly because this is a really intriguing matchup. Yeah. And if you, if you do have a I guess Mourinho has come out and he's hinted that Zuma looks like an easy start this game. Yeah. I don't know that Chelsea
1: defense. I'm a little, well, we'll see. I mean, Ivanovic isn't playing anymore. Right. So yeah. or he's probably out for a couple weeks. So, uh, does that, that would probably help. Them. I mean, I know everyone's been snarking about it on Twitter, but right. it probably will help their defense. I mean, I would he, think so. I mean, God, I mean, looked terrible. Look so, so bad. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks. or Tadich and Mane, but made
0: him look terrible in that match. Uh, uh, last weekend. I think it was a uh, football clichés uh, mentioned that Tareć move on Ivanović was uh basically committing necrophilia. It was Yeah. All right, that
1: brings us to Crystal Palace West Ham. Uh Crystal Palace look very good the last two weeks. Uh they've kept two clean sheets. Uh will be a challenge I would think to keep a clean sheet against West Ham. Uh they have shown ability to score every you know week in week out, especially away from home. Especially away from home. Uh Pye looks fantastic, Saka looks good. I, I can see this game as, like, a 2-2 draw. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Zaha can do what he's done the last couple of weeks, which is just absolutely rampage down the flank and get in the box and create problems and not score. Uh, I mean, his ability to get into good positions and not score is, yeah. like, borderline legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, but, he, you know, but he's winning penalties, he's getting assists, so, um,
0: you know, he's, he's someone to keep an eye out for, I guess, because he, he'd be a pretty cheap fifth midfielder. And then, yeah, speaking of the midfielder differential, we talked about Kabay. And he's, his playing time was managed really well over the break. He didn't play a full 90 in either match. And he's on goal scoring form. So if you have Kabay, you've got to be playing him in this match.
1: Absolutely. Now, what All about right. Paye? Uh, well, Paye looks great. Uh, I mean, what, what's not to love? Uh, scoring or assisting, getting bonus points every week um, i i am th- like eh, at his price he is doing he 's doing wonders he 's fantastic love pat and he 's short I, I root for all the short players and That's it's speca- like, it
0: 's spectacularly round head <laughs> that 's why I like him and sanity Gazorla all right a very interesting matchup to follow this everton versus man united uh, hosted at goodison park yep
1: would love to see everton win this match uh, I think it 's possible i mean i I'm really impressed with 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 how they looked uh, against Liverpool, I actually um, was surprised they didn't win that game. I thought they uh, they looked like the better team in that game. Yeah,
0: I was pretty bummed that they didn't. Even though I lost a uh, clean sheet, I mean we both lost. Did you you didn't yeah. even play Skirtle on that match? Did you? Uh no, I didn't. Yeah, so it was, uh, Lukaku is yeah. on form. Looks, so it's just a matter of how much faith you have in him to not yeah. be, to not be dumb. Lukaku, there's
1: no reason not to have faith in him. I think too. I mean he. He looks like he's finally turned into the player that we all thought he might. Um, You know, I mean, he's he's always had the strength for it. Um, You know, he's got a lot of pace. um, And he's been scoring against, like, you know, Everton's fixtures throughout the season have not been very good. Mm -hmm. And he continues to score in those fixtures. And they they sort of continue not to be very good the next couple of weeks. um,
0: And despite getting De Gea back, United's defense is a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, Um, Losing Luke Shaw, they've been a little shakier. They've lost that vein of clean sheets. I don't think
1: there's any reason to totally
0: to write them off or think that what's happened before
1: is fluky. I mean, you know, Arsenal, Arsenal scored three very good goals, um, excellent goals. All three of them were great uh, yeah. against Man United. And Man United looked pretty good in the second half. Uh, Anthony Martial uh, was, you know, one of the, maybe after uh, Alexis Sanchez, the most—well, OK. I mean, certainly he was the most dangerous player on the pitch for Man United. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, I think I, w- I would start all my all my mids and forwards from these two teams in this game. Yeah. Okay, so then Manchester City hosts Bournemouth. Yeah,
0: but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if Kolarov plays. Uh, we'll see if Yaya Toure yeah, plays. Geez, so many question marks here. Basically, yeah. it's just KDB or nothing. I I Ra- expect- Raheem Sterling is a very interesting prospect here. Yeah, he is an interesting prospect. Um, I'm still, you know,
1: it's it's hard for me not to get out like to to just like look past my Sterling bias in this game mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I did have him really on and it really did not work out well uh, while everyone around him was scoring and assisting uh, those first few weeks from Man City. Uh, I think, um, yeah, he's an interesting option. Um, I don't know that I like him without the rest of the team.
0: You know, I mean, I think that um, right. he's just sort of a, a bit
1: player at this point. seems like Boney would be more capable of creating a goal out of nothing than Sterling would. Right. Especially because Sterling is not always the greatest, you know, his his ability to consistently score goals is still a bit of a question mark.
0: Okay, man, these uh these midday fixtures continue to roll on. There are six of them. Total. Yeah. And next we got Southampton, Leicester City.
1: I was tempted to bring in a Southampton defender, but I it does seem like Leicester can Leicester, much like West Ham, is showing an ability to score week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Uh definitely would expect Marays to come back for this game. I mean the yeah. quotes afterwards you know were basically that, yeah, well we just um the way you know the way they did the defend wide, we just thought that um he wouldn't have much of an advantage and it was it was a chance to give him a break. Um, you know, and recover from any negative injuries and whatever. So I think that, I think that Mares does start. Um, and uh, I don't know, this game could, I, I could see this game being like a 2-2 game or a 3-2 game. Are you, are you thinking about captaining Pele
0: in this game? I was thinking of captaining Robert Huth. Yeah, Huth, just go for it. Hoof <laughs> <Huth> it up. <laughs> um, you have to consider it, given he's the most on-form striker right now, and he's been very consistent in delivering points, but he's... He's just seven thousand
1: miles. That's that's lingering in the back of my head
0: now, isn't it? Don't you love Mm -hmm. that stat? Um, (laughs) He's just not an explosive player. Yeah, and he's looking for that yellow card. I mean, you you could hope for a goal and assist, which would be a good haul. Yeah, but he's he's just he's very. It's very difficult to armband him because of that. You're never going to expect him to get a hat trick. Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, So yeah, interesting interesting match. And uh, and Mane uh, still. It's weird how he there hasn't been a rush to pick him up. I guess it's just because so many midfielders are performing so well. Yeah, there right are
0: now. too many options. I was yeah. so impressed with him against Chelsea how um, he didn't mentally collapse after the whole debacle of him getting the yellow card for diving yeah. after he should have gotten a clear penalty not a yeah. couple minutes prior to. Yeah, he is he is an incredible differential option right now. I mean, everyone's going to
1: pale. Everyone's going to Lukaku. Everyone's picking up Man, you know, De Bruyne. Um, you know, I think that there's still a lot of edge to be gained in picking up Mane. Um, I don't actually know if I'm going to be able to do it myself, but uh, I wish I could.
0: Yeah, I mean, other other guys that could play up front and get in in a rotation would be Jay Rodriguez, or we didn't even mention Shane Long and his spectacular goal against Germany yeah. in the Euro Cup qualifiers. He just doesn't consistently score, or doesn't. You know, he, he's too much of a, a starter risk to bring on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the the last midday fixture here on Saturday: West Brom vs Sunderland. Yeah, mm. we'll we'll see if West
1: Brom picks it up a little bit. Um, they they have not looked good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, lots uh, of not, mental not breakdowns Not keeping there. clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that Sunderland could end up winning this game. Uh, first, you know, first game without ice. Um, you know, haven't won a game all season. It just I, you know, I just wonder if maybe maybe this is when it finally happens for them. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's they they it's not, it's not, they're not devoid of talent. And you know, I'm not sure that West Brom could really prepare for the Sunderland. I'm not sure that you know, it's not, you don't even know who's going to be starting for that Sunderland team, right? Does this Faberini start up front? Is it <laughs> it's a Defoe? Is it, that
0: is true? You can't you know, prepare for yeah. who's going to start, but um, certainly uh, you by think. by all accounts, that the team is just a complete shit show over there at Sunderland.
1: No, I, I agree. But if I had a, you know, if I had like a West Brom defender, I you know, I'd be, I'd be a little worried right now. But neither neither of us have them, so it's no problem, right? No,
0: I do. I have Craig Dawson. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I mean, if you had Johnny Evans, you might be a little concerned (laughs) because he's probably out on injury. Well, you know, Johnny uh, Evans, he's Mr. Glass. You know, you can't bring in Johnny (laughs) Evans. It's just too risky. I don't know. I feel like this is one of the better clean sheets. Clean sheet bets.
1: Oh, I agree. Week. I mean, it, like, certainly by all accounts, it is. I just, my like gut instinct is that,
0: is that so. You're being pessimistic. Score a couple goals in this game. <laughs> all right. Last kickoff of the day on Saturday. Watford is hosting Arsenal, which, uh, you know, should be a tough match for Arsenal. And Watford is hard to give up a goal in the, the first half of this season so far. They play it really tight in the back. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how Sanchez does tonight.
1: Uh, if he plays well, scores a goal. Um, I think he's kind of a, maybe the clear captain choice for this weekend, even given the way Watford have looked um, at home. Yeah. And I know this contradicts what I was saying earlier about how much he travels, but if he looks good and he, I mean, the guy is in incredible form right now. I mean, you know, next to Aguero,
0: he is—he's been the best player in the Premier League the last couple of weeks. Maybe even better than Aguero, really. Josh, given- thirty-four hours and twenty-five minutes. Can you imagine how many movies Alexis will have watched by the time he gets back to the Emirates?
1: Have you seen Alexis Sanchez? That guy is like—he's I mean, he, uh-huh. like—he's born to be a soccer player, <laughs>
0: a football player. Yeah, I mean, the question for tonight is: Does he play with his shorts pulled up all the way over his head? So we'll find out.
1: Yeah. All right. That brings us to Sunday. Uh, we've got uh, Norwich, Newcastle. This is—OK, I, I, okay, here's my prediction. It's a one nothing game, and McLaren is
0: fired at the end of the game. <laughs> I, I don't mean, like, as the game, like, ticks down, but, like, after the match is over. So who's it going to be? Is it going to be Houlihan? Is it going to be Cam- uh, Cameron Jerome?
1: No, Russ, George R.R. Russell Martin.
0: Yes, he dances with the dragon season. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a 15-pointer for Martin. I I get so excited the weeks where I actually get to willingly start <laughs> Russell Martin.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm starting Martin, too. I'm getting a little giddy just it.
0: thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Though Mitrovic was uh, one of the few players to not get red carded for Serbia over the break,
1: yeah, and this was actually so there was I, I was I couldn't really find a way to fit it in earlier in the podcast, but I'm actually kind of interested in at least keeping an eye on this Newcastle team. We may have to wait until McLaren gets fired for it to to really, you know, to really. Think about bringing in other players because uh, they just look so, you know. Well, yeah, you were, of, you, were
0: you were writing a love letter
1: to Iosi Perez. Well, he was an option before the Aguero thing happened. So, I mean, the next six fixtures are. I mean, so they're home to Norwich, away to Sunderland, home to Stoke, away to Bour- uh, away to Bournemouth, uh, home to Leicester, away to Crystal Palace. Certainly, if if any of their midfielders or forwards was showing an inclination to score. Um, it would be very tempting to bring one of them in because they are so inexpensive. Yeah.
0: Okay, and our final kickoff uh, of, the, of the weekend is actually on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. Midday Monday, Monday fixture, Swansea versus Stoke City. And this is the only reason why Tim Gomes actually persists on my squad. <laughs> because Stoke, Stoke has been tough to clean, keep a clean sheet this season so far. He, he does stand a chance.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know, Brandon. He could I, ghost uh, from your team. No, he's 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 going to be on the team. Uh I actually have a bit of a goalkeeping dilemma this weekend because I have Jack Butland and uh Schmeichel. Okay. So do you go with the with the Leicester Keeper on the road to Southampton, or do you go with the
0: Stoke keeper on the road to Swansea? Interesting. I'd go for save points with Butland.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I think so too. Although there probably will be save points in both games. Yeah, I I can already see myself bringing in Pele, captaining him, and then having a ha, like having a penalty come up and having him take the penalty and have it saved by Schmeichel. <laughs> and I just have this like whirlwind of emotions. Like I don't know how to feel about it. You know, the thing where you're like, well, this hurts me. But it could hurt other people more, and so the other points over here help me too. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I guess, well, I I'll
0: say this in defense of Jack Butland, Swansea have been hardly prolific the last few weeks, and a lot of that offense has been running through the midfield. Yeah, Sigurdsson has been traveling with Iceland. Yeah, I, I don't know the miles. Sorry, guys. And <laughs> AU is a bit of a doubt coming yeah. off of a knock. well, actually, just played in Turkey today, right? So that's that's a bit of a hike. It is, yeah, and there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening in Turkey right now. So, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> so, you know that there is an opportunity for a clean sheet, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so, saying yeah. there's a chance.
1: Yeah, I think there's a chance. Um, I, this this game to me is like a like it has one one all over it though. The classic Monday night one er Is right, that so- a classic thing? I made it sound like it was a classic thing. I it, that seems about right, doesn't it? Well I yeah, feel I feel like most yeah. Monday night games are boring one one games. Yeah, the cl-
0: and you kind of hope for this and so they're the most memorable because it knows us being on Eastern Standard Time, it means we can not worry about it while we're at work. <laughs> we can actually <laughs> yeah, do work instead of slacking off to pay attention to the game. That's true. It's been a while since there
1: was a really good Monday afternoon game. Like one like one where I could like invent a dentist appointment or
0: something <laughs> to go to go watch. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll be happy to have the Premier League back this weekend. I wish you good luck, Josh.
1: Yeah, thanks, Brennan, and uh, yeah, and uh, we'll be talking about the games on uh, Twitter and elsewhere this weekend, so yeah. follow, follow us, come find at us
0: Cheaters. and yeah. join the league. Yeah, it's never too late to join the league. The link there is on our Twitter account. Go to alwayscheating.com, and of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher Radio, and you can find us on SoundCloud, where you can leave comments on the podcast, and you, of course, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever. That's always much appreciated. All right, Brandon, well, I will. Uh, good luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks. You too. Yeah, hail cheaters. Poku forever. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know
1: about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are
0: deficient in.